It's a great morning this morning. Uh, I've worked hard on the message, uh, and I got ready to print it off uh, yesterday, and uh, late yesterday before we came for the concert last night, and uh, my printer ran out of ink. So I had uh, the latter part of the message, and uh, my, my printer starts, I guess like yours, it starts with the last page of your notes, and it builds up. So the uh, first three pages of my message are still in my computer. And uh, that Bible says, confession's good for the soul. Uh, Pastor Jared says, uh, just send that to me and I'll copy it for you. The grandkids were gone. <laughs> it's still in the computer. I sent him those two scriptures I wanted to use that I knew was on the front page of, of my message. But uh, this morning, it may be a rough start, but how many likes to have a good finish? All I can say is God is good. He's good all the time. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And he knows exactly what you're facing this morning. And maybe he's saying to you what he's saying to me. Move over a little. Give me some space. I'd like to help you with the journey of life. Why are you trying to carry those burdens when, my Bible, when your Bible says, I'm here to carry your burdens for you? Why are you so worried when the pastor tells you quite often worry is interest on a debt, on a note that you don't even owe? Why would you, why would you be fearful of the days ahead when your pastor tells you every month, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and yet you call me Father. And since you're my child, don't you know that a father knows how to love his kids? How about this? He even tells us in my Bible, he says, if you being evil, which doesn't mean you're a bad person, if it, it just means we're earthly. We're still wearing this earth suit today. This body hasn't been glorified. You better get ready. Boy, when I receive that glorified body, I'm going to have a full head of hair. You'll have nothing on me. I'm going to have muscles. I won't have to go to work out have muscles. I'll have a glorified body. And when I walk by, I'll say, wow. Or maybe they'll, we'll say that about you. But the Bible says if you being earthly know how to give good things to your children. How much more? How many like that? How much more? Will I give good things to those that ask? Aren't you glad he didn't base that on our uh, action? He didn't base that on our efforts or our works. He based it on an element that we all have the ability to release. Because when Jesus came into our life, it came with the full deposit, L-O-V-E. Yeah. And, and, and this is what he says, By this shall all men know you're my disciples, if you can quote a, at least one chapter in the Bible. By this shall all men know you're my followers, if you come to church 52 Sundays and you got a star by your name at the end of the year. By this shall all men know you're my disciples, if you're, you say amen louder than anybody else. And by the way, I love those. I even love to hear you laugh. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you love one another. Did you know love isn't a feeling? I didn't fall out of love. I didn't fall into love. 
I made a decision to love. And the Bible says our Heavenly Father has did the same thing in that while we were yet unlovable, unlovable, if you would unravel that, means sinners. Christ loved us. Let me just say this morning before we uh, look to the message, how many in you here this morning? No raising of hands. How many, you have somebody in your life that's unlovable? Maybe it's in your family circle. Maybe it's on the job. Maybe it's just, maybe it's somebody you get around just at Christmas time. Or maybe it's somebody that you wake up to and you're not really sure how things are going to turn out. Well, that's the reason I'm here this morning. I just want to tell you how it's going to turn out. That unconditional gift that God has given us called love covers multitudes of sins. That's what the Bible says. The unconditional love that Jesus gives us is something we all have the ability to give to somebody else. And here's what the Word says. We so many times we work on that horizontal relationship and there's nothing wrong with working on horizontal relationships especially between a husband and a wife how many know that business will never be complete till we get to heaven <laughs> we'll always have something to work on yeah, but listen i have found in my own life when my vertical relationship is right he helps me take care of this horizontal relationship and when I surrender my all, my feelings, my emotions that I have, just like you, and when I, when I share my hurts and my grief and my sorrow and my disappointments with him, and I allow, allow him to bathe them in his love, there's something about the love of Jesus that just penetrates our life, and it gives us that strength to go beyond feelings and love our neighbors ourselves. Love those that spitefully use us. You say, Pastor, I just don't have it in me. Well, let me tell you, the first step is not not necessarily uh, a step that can be seen. The first step to loving somebody that's really your challenge this morning is to start praying for them. Yeah. And if that's me, start praying now. And the more you pray, the more God will give you the love. And you know what? I found in my own life you can't have aught in your heart towards somebody very long. But what if you'll just keep praying? Prayer will liquidate the things in our life that keeps us from loving one another. Hallelujah. Well, let's get down to the meat this morning of the message. <clears throat> How many know we have a president-elect? A new, a new, no, no, you haven't been listening to the news? There's a man that's been elected to... Go to the driver's seat, and he's going to direct America in a few days. Some are happy, some are sad. We're walking out of uh, a leadership of, uh, of, of a former president and getting ready to follow a new president. We're getting ready to see challenges like we've never seen before, but the greatest challenge that I see and as I watch the news media, is there something that's standing out to me this morning that really troubles me? And that's the rights and the rebellion that I see in the streets of America, one of the greatest nations that it has ever existed, because people are not happy. And the, and the more 
the more challenging point of that is this. The Bible says a house that's divided can't stand. So America this morning being divided is standing on shaky ground. Jesus said these words, upon this rock, he spoke to Peter. Peter had a lot of flaws. Peter chased rabbits a lot of times instead of paying attention to the words of Jesus. But, but he faced Peter one day when he said, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded by that response, and he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you, but it came by the Spirit. And then he said, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The only thing that I see in, through the eyes of the Spirit that's going to bring America back is not necessarily a new president, but it's a praying group of people called the church. Well, my family hears this quite often. I say it vocally while my dad did it physically. He never, he never allowed complaining at the White House. If, and if you wanted to complain, you're, you were getting ready to feel a 36 or 38-inch of length belt wrap around your legs until you begin to plead the blood. Because he didn't allow it. And here's what he said. Complaining is, is, is contagious. It's like a disease. And the more you do, the better you'll get at it. And he said, it will not be allowed at our house. So if you can't say anything good, just leave it alone. There was something about my dad that closed a generational gap at our house. We learned while we were running from that strap, while he held us with this hand and he spanked us with this hand, we learned that he could close that generation gap and he knew it was closed when we'd say, please, Dad, I promise you I'll do different. And I'm saying to our, our Heavenly Father today, Lord, help us to do different. Help us to do different. And you know what? I have found out one thing. If I'm wanting to see something happen, I don't look at the congregation and ask God to allow me to see it through you. When I cry out for something in, that I want to see such a love and compassion on a hurting world, when I see something that really is needful, the first thing I do, I, the Bible says, let a man examine himself. And I'm not your examiner this morning. I'm just your table server. And I want to serve the table of the Lord well, and I want to share with you the things that God has placed on my heart to share with you. But as we face this, this hour today, the greatest element that I see missing is thanksgiving. And thanksgiving does more for we as Christians than what we realize. And I see many times, you know, we rush from one season to the next, and, and I, I, I'm just still living in and this morning in Thanksgiving, and I just want to reflect this morning about what Thanksgiving will do for you and I as believers. I love the gorgeous lights. I love, I love the Christmas carols. I love the music. But greater than that, I am so grateful for what God has done just for me. I'm not on the road to hell this morning because of sin in my life. I'm on the road to victory, and I'm, I, I'm on the road to heaven this morning, not because of my performance, but because of what Jesus did at the cross. And listen, our walk with God is not performance-based. Let's get rid of the performance-based this morning. Our relationship with God is based on do we love Him or do we not? And then if we do, let's express it with thanksgiving. So let's see what the message has to say this morning. How's that? 
In 1 Thessalonians, first of all, I want to tell you that Thanksgiving is supernatural. It opens the doors of our life to the things that the Bible says are prepared. I believe you can pray three times a day. I believe you can fast two or three times a week. I believe you can be to church every time the church doors open. But if you don't have a kindred spirit of thanksgiving, you've blocked the flow of the supernatural in your life. And I want to reflect upon what the Bible says about thanksgiving. There are a lot of people, they do it everything right. They do it better than I do. But, but when it comes to, to gratitude, Lord, I'm so grateful. I get, Lord, if I never get anything else across, I just want to be grateful because you've blessed me. You've honored me. You've strengthened me. You've given me friends. Most of all, you're my best friend. And I just want I have an attitude of gratitude. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds my hand. And I'm going to be grateful for today. And if tomorrow never gets here, I'm going to leave this world being grateful for the great things of God. Thanksgiving is supernatural. It opens doors for us that a horrible spirit will never open. It opens opportunities for other friends when we say, I'm so grateful that you're a part of my life. And, and so many times we, somebody blesses us and says something good to us or does something good for us, and, and so many times we just uh, forget to say thank you. I've just been watching just been watching more, I guess because the Holy Spirit's been ministering to more, more about it. But I've just been watching behind me as I go to the door. And if there's even somebody 10 foot away, I'd, I'd just like to stand there. This week has been a very special week in my life. I've, I've had, we've, been to, we've had funerals. We have a concert here last night. We've been places, done things. Uh, uh, but, but one thing that stands out this, this week, I, I got to the door and and I watched before I get to the door, and, and more than once there was somebody quite a ways behind me, so I, they knew I was waiting on them, and I just hung on to the door. And when they got to the door, I was watching their facial expression, and they started smiling before they got to me. And they said, thank you so much. This didn't come from the wisdom of God. It comes probably from the old guy that lives inside of me. He still likes to have a lot of fun that other people experience. Here's what I said. You're worth waiting for. You're worth waiting for. I didn't say, do you know John 3.16? I didn't say, are you on the road to heaven or are you on the road to hell? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, God hadn't called me to do that. If he's called you to do that, I'm not finding fault with that. But you know what? The Bible says I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in tents with the wicked. And I just believe that God has called some of us just to be doorkeepers. And the enemy said, well, you know, if you could quote scriptures like that, it's not about performance. Forget performance. It's about our heart and the condition of our heart and out of the abundance of our heart. The Bible says as a man thinketh in his heart, our thought process has to go here. But let me tell you, our heart radiates what we've been thinking about. Beginning the message of you're on our website listening to the message this morning to our friends that are listening. Thank you for listening. Our desire is to say something today that will be beneficial, that you can apply to your life and cause you to live a, a, a life of victory, a life that where, you, where you know that you can put defeat under your feet and know that Jesus is Lord of your life. 
And I pray that if you're listening this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is the best day of your life. Why not just make a decision? I'm going to open my life to Jesus. I'm going to start trusting Him. And today I say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I walk into your family. Thank you for adopting me. I want to be a part of your family. Isn't God good? Put your hands together and say, God, you are so good. If you have your Bible this morning, or it's probably on the overhead in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I'd like to use this scripture this morning for our launching, our launching scripture. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to pause there just a moment. I'm going to allow us the thoughts of what I just read to you. In everything, in everything, give thanks. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Uh, no, I don't. But just start saying, thank you, Jesus, anyhow. Thank you, Je Lord, you're my best friend, and I don't know what to do. If I would admit to you, I'm, I'm as lost as a goose. But, Lord, you said to give thanks, so I'm going to give you thanks because I know you're going to carry me through. In everything, what, in everything, when things are good, when things are bad, it's easier to say thank you when things are good than it is when to say to say thank you when things aren't so good. But learn. Discipline yourself. Learn. Cultivate an attitude. Everyone's squeezing thanksgiving out of you. The Bible calls that weeds or the tares begin to try to destroy what God wants to do on the inside of you. And I'm more interested on what's on the inside of you this morning than what I am on the outside. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I've heard this question, if I've heard it once, I've heard, hundred, ha, heard it hundreds of times. Pastor, what is the will of God for my life? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, this is the will of God. What is the will of God? Start by being thankful. Start by rejoicing because your name is written in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, because you sent your son to the cross. Without the shedding of the blood on the cross, there'd be no remission for my sins. Thank you that you made a plan for me called the plan of salvation. Lord, I want to thank you today because you are the way, the truth, and the life. I want to thank you today because you've came that I can have life. And oh, Lord, by the way, in times when fear tries to take me out, I'm glad you've recorded in your word, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And when fear knocks at your heart's door, it's so awesome to, to answer the door, to see who's there. And if it's fear... Don't sign for it. Look at what God's Word has to say. And say to the UPS man, not the UPS man, but to the delivery man who's delivering you. Listen, if you didn't order it, don't sign for it. Just because he says it has your name on it doesn't mean that you ordered it. Don't be gullible and just sign for anything. Know what God's Word has to say for you spiritually. Because I'm telling you, the enemy has come to dump on your life. You didn't think I'd ever hear, you'd ever hear me say that spiritual word, did you? It's the honest truth. If I talk like this generation talk, you'd all leave here this morning. I've heard it all. I've even, been, I've even traveled down the highway, and I've heard this from the back seat. Well, I'm not going to flip them off. I'm just going to give them a feather. They're not worth a bird. Ah. <sighs> Oh, my dad would have pulled that car over and he would have thrashed us all. 
My goodness, where are we on this journey this morning? Most of the time I'm glad I'm 75, but I'm still on fire. And I'm extremely dangerous this morning. Because the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And I love to put the enemy on the run. And he thinks I don't know how he talks. He thinks I don't know how he walks. He's a slewfoot. He's a liar. He may have a voice like a roaring lion, but he's toothless this morning. And when he begins to roar at me, I say, come on, buddy. I've got something quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and I'm going to put you under my feet today because Jesus came that I could live in victory and not defeat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm having fun serving Jesus this morning. I've got more boldness than I've ever had serving Jesus this morning. And it's all about Jesus. And who cares if all my hair falls out? It's all about Jesus. And while you're looking at me this morning, I can tell you how many hairs I have on my head this morning, but I'm not going to tell you. Talk to my father. He's the one that counts hairs. By the way, he still parts hairs too. And everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ serving you. Then I'm going to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34. And David's song of thanksgiving. How many know that David made at least one, one mistake in life? Maybe two. Probably all the Scripture, David made more, more of those bad decisions than anyone else. But the Bible says this, if you broke one, you broke them all in the guise of God. There's no little sin, no big sin, so we need to really be thankful about that, those of us that do worse things than others. Notice what David says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. He's good. What else does the Bible say about the goodness of God? He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those that will trust in Him. I was reading a an example, uh, and preparing for a sermon two weeks ago, and I left my, the point out of that sermon, so I'm going to p- make a point to use that point today. So sometimes we're, we see, uh, and, I, and he said, just, just put yourself in this, in this picture. You're on a cruise ship, and you've lost your balance and fell overboard. And the cruise ship doesn't see it, but there's somebody that's looking down that sees it, and there's a, a, a life, a life uh, preservers hung on the rack with a rope on it. And this guy picks that life preserver up and he swings it over the board. And just as that ship is going by, you reach out for your frantic last move and you get a hold of it. And this guy who saw you begins to pull on that rope and he begins to get you out of the water. And he begins to pull you up the side of the ship. And it gets you finally to the place you can throw your leg over the rail and you're safe again. Now there's two scenarios to reflect upon. The guy who's been saved or the guy who saw you and threw the life raft to you. How pathetic it would be if I was the one that had lost my balance and fell overboard and when I got up on safe ground again and I really did I didn't really need the guy again that threw the rope to me and threw the life 
jacket to me. Well, how would it be if I just reflected on what I'd done? Boy, did you see me frantically as I reached and got a hold of that tube as it went by? I'd be lost today if I had got a hold of that tube. Man, I was working. I was frantic, but I got it. Did you see how I held onto that life jacket as it came up the ship? I don't know how far it was, but boy, I tell you, I hung on for dear life, and here I am. Look, look, I'm telling you, I didn't drown. I'm safe. I'm alive. Look at me. And here's the gentleman who's backed off, and he's listening to the story. And he's never seen. And the guy who he saved never says, if it hadn't have been for him, I wouldn't be here. If it hadn't have been for him on this ship docked, my family, I would not have been there to meet my family. It was all because of him that I made it. Listen to me. If it hadn't been for him, I wouldn't be here today. If it hadn't been for his mercy and his goodness, and all he asked, all he asked in response is to say, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good, his mercy endures forever. What is so hard to get a hold of the thanksgiving that God wants us to have so that we can share it, so we can teach it, so that we can apply it to our own lives? Sometimes we go through things in life that we had rather somebody else go through. Sometimes we even, you know, in, in, in life it's amazing. Sometimes in life, you know, especially on Monday morning, driving down the highway, we have conversations with people that aren't even there. Boy, I wish they'd get their act right. You know, I mean, you know, I mean we have real conversations with those people. <laughs> Three of us do. <laughs> I see this far away. Those are the times we need to learn to say, thank you, Jesus. Your mercy endures forever. And I don't care how many times they, they mess up my hair. I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus, for your good. Your mercy endures forever. While I'm doing that, I'm cultivating. I'm getting rid of a bad attitude. I'm getting rid, getting rid of, of hurts. I'm even getting, getting rid of things that close the door to the supernatural of my life. But say, thank you, Jesus. And everything, give thanks to, to you. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm on top this morning. I'm not six foot under. I'm not looking up because I have to, because somebody placed me in a box. I'm looking up because I want to. I'm still on top. I'm still doing good. And everything, I want to give thanks this morning, Father, for this is the will of God concerning my life. And I want to thank you that you brought me through yesterday, and today's a present. That's the reason we call today present, in the present time. It's a gift to me, Lord, and I just pray that you would help me develop today so that I can be a blessing, and if nothing else, just hold the door open to, for somebody else. The other thing I've been really, uh, really uh, sensitive to, there are days, especially on Monday, don't watch my driving on Monday. Boy, I can, I can, I can, I can whip it just like anybody else. 
You would not know that I was a Christian sometimes on Monday by the way I drive. And somebody's standing, sitting there and the traffic's a block long and they're begging, will you just make room for me and let me in? This is Monday. I've been spiritual all day Sunday. And all the time, the Holy Spirit is saying, it's your opportunity. <clears throat> oh, okay, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're not that way. I, I know you're not my way. This past week, I just decided, I, I'm going to just, I'm just going to put on the garment of praise. <laughs> and every time I see somebody that needs me to do something for them, I'm going to do it. And the person who's standing, parked there needing to get in the long line of traffic, it was so often to say, come on. And you, you get this, and sometimes you don't get anything. I deserve that. And I was processing that. Lord, there's two ways to work at this situation. And if we'll be grateful. And Lord, didn't you say you'd, we'd reap what, what we sow? The next time I'm begging for somebody to let me in, they're going to do it. I'm talking about being grateful this morning. In, in, in difficult times, sometimes it's hard for us as Christians to be grateful. In 1914, Thomas Edison was drawn to the fire that was destroying the laboratory where he had invented many things that was so beneficial and all of his records and all of his life's treasure was in this building that was being consumed by fire. His son also had noticed the, the fire, and he came running, looking for his dad, and he found his dad standing at a safe distance, watching his life dream go up in a flame. And Charles, Thomas Edison's son, stood by his dad's side, and his dad says, Son, go get your mother. And he ran and get, got his, Thomas's wife. Charles brought her back to Thomas's side, and he said to his wife, I want you to look at one of the most awesome scenes that you and I will ever see. All of our mistakes are going up in a flame. And God is giving us a brand new opportunity. Two million dollars went up in flames that day. But out of gratitude, Thomas Edison looked beyond the catastrophic moment in his life. And for the joy, and can I just say this? When I read the story, I thought, isn't that a type of shadow of Jesus? When he, when he viewed the cross, could have called 10,000 angels, and all those Roman soldiers would have been dead with their bones sticking out their skin and their eyes sunk in the depth of their head. But for the joy that was set before Jesus. He, not only, he didn't see flames of fire, but the bruises and the blood that was flowing through from his body. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despite the shame. And look where he's at today. He's at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's making intercession for you and for me. He's the way maker. He's the truth. He's the light. And he wants you to know the truth. And guess what? He not only is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he has a chair right beside him. 
And Ephesians 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What was the complaint on the way to church this morning? What was the complaint that you expressed that you later wished that you hadn't expressed this this past week? Oh, listen, listen, I'm not pointing my finger at you. I'm asking myself this question. Why, when there is so much of an opportunity to be exposed, why would we think about wasting our breath complaining? I don't know about you, but I, I love to invest my breath in good stuff. I like to make the investment in my life. And you know, the, the funny thing I look back on years ago, and, 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 there, and I ask myself this question, is this. The day that my dad stood before Sherry and I, I was 17 and she was 16. And he looked at me and he said, Orville, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health as long as you both shall live? Let me ask you, let me ask you this before I tell you what I said. What is so romantic about that? But I did. Here was my response. I will. Can I just kind of pull the shades of light back? Have there ever been any times in my life when I wanted to say, I will not? Maybe we should flip that coin and go to the lady of the house and give her the same honor many, many times. But we found one thing. The people who praise together, God gives us glue to stay together. And while you may not see prayer as essential in your life, it is the glue that holds us together. People who pray know how to say, forgive me. I was wrong for the first time. Oh, you, you forgot. Yeah, maybe it's two times then. Thanksgiving is supernatural if applied. It doesn't matter. This is like a recipe book. This is like a cookbook. And Elm Grove has had ladies that, I'm telling you, they were better than the lady that cooked on television. What was her name? Martha. What was Martha's last name? Mary. Mary and Martha. That wasn't her last name. What was her last name? Stuart. Stuart. Yeah. Ladies, you're better cooks than Martha Stuart. I'm telling you, I've got evidence to prove that what you're cooking is done. I was 165 pounds strong 38 years ago. The investment has been tremendous as you've invested in my ministry. I can read the recipe from now on about what God has to say about my life. This is the toolbox that keeps my life running. And my life is just like the engine in your car. And if you're, bur- if you're driving a gas burner this morning, it's probably got two, four, six, or eight spark plugs in it. Am I right, Travis? Is there, there's no one-cylinders out there yet. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't want a one-cylinder. I'm looking more like for a, for a 12-cylinder. But when those vehicles get miles on them, and the, the area of that engine that ignites the fuel that comes into the cylinders becomes weak, and the fire begins to diminish, the car begins to lose its power. And even though the fuel, the injection fuel, the injector is still injecting the fuel, there's something about the igniting that's just not causing the, the vehicle to perform. Can I say this? When Jesus Christ came into my life, he became resident. But one day when I fell on my knees and I said, Lord, is this all there is? I'm really having a difficult time. It just seems like it's working for everybody else, but it's not working for me. And I, was, I, I began to reflect upon the goodness of God and how he had become resident in my life and he, he'd become my best friend. But the day that I surrendered it all and I submitted to him and I said, Lord, I'm not satisfied with you being resident in my life. I want you to become president in my life. Like that, he ignited a fire and the Holy Spirit began to burn away the selfish desire of me, myself, and I. And cloven tongues, like was recorded in the books of Acts, came upon me. And he gave me a heavenly language, just able to say with a prayer that I'd never prayed before, that I couldn't mess up. I said, from this point on, you're the president of my life. And I want to thank you for it. Today I can sing the song, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Listen, I belong to the president this morning. His name is Emmanuel. His name is Jesus. And his purpose was to come to this world and to save people from their sins. And today, I don't have to call for appointment. The Bible says I can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I was reading this week, and uh, it just seemed like there were just some things this week. It just kind of, it was just for me. But, but here's another thing that came to me. There was an elderly British pastor that was preaching to his congregation one, one Sunday morning, who was way out, well up in years, but he was soaked with compassion and he was soaked with love and he enjoyed the ministry and doing what God had called him to do. And he was, he was reflecting upon the goodness of God and the reason that he was so grateful. He said, you know, when I go to wash my car, my feet get wet because he said, I want that car to be clean and I scrub it. And he said, it doesn't matter about my shoes and my socks being wet. My, I know my feet are going to get wet because I'm getting my car ready and presentable. I'm getting the dirt off of it. And he said, when I go to wash my windows of my home, I take a full bucket of water and I wash my windows and I wipe the streaks off of those windows 
But he said, all the time, my feet are getting wet. And he left this point. If you are in a family of God, and you want God's will for your life, and you want to apply the Scripture that I shared with you, now thanks be unto God, who gives us a victory, who leads us in triumph. Thanks be unto God for, for, for His will for my life. He said, the world will know it if our feet is wet. I pray, only God knows our days, but my desire when I leave this world is that my feet will be wet. And the Bible says this is a way that people will know us is if we love one another. And friend, I'm telling you, the greatest message that is presented today, especially among our young people, I'm not going to take the time to tell you what went on at the rock, but I'm telling you God is setting the stage today. And the Bible says in the last days, this is how we're going to know that we're living in the last days. Peerless times are going to come. What are we to do during peerless times? Be grateful. Our, near, our end is nearing. In gratitude, boasters, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of, of, of God. All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. But the bottom line is this, for you and for me, we want to say thanks be unto God for His unsearchable riches, for His blessings that overshadow our life. Would you bow your head? We're going to have communion in just a few moments. But as we close the service this morning, Thanksgiving opens the door to the supernatural for our lives. What is the supernatural? Su the supernatural is when God walks into our life and he does something that the natural man can't do. I can't forgive people of their sins, but when we pray according to the Bible and we ask for forgiveness, Jesus can forgive them. That's a point of the supernatural acting in our life. How about this? There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I can't remove condemnation, but Jesus can. That's supernatural. I can't heal your body. I can only tell you what the scripture has to say. But when God reaches down, the physician can give you medication. But you know what? I've, I've even thought about this. It takes the supernatural power of God to take that medication and apply it to the needs of our body so that our healing and, re and restoration can come quickly. Our bear, so that we can bear the pain no matter what we're going through. That's supernatural. Listen, I want to close with this thought. Are you thankful enough to say to the Lord, from this day forward, I want to be a thankful person. I want the doors of the supernatural power to flow toward my life, toward my family, toward my finances, toward my health everything I say and do and if, if the pastor's right I'm gonna I'm just gonna do start doing this and applying it because the Bible says this is the will of God for my life and if you're here this morning and you don't know the will of God then this is the reason you're here because God's will is that you accept him as your best friend and the will of God for your life is to start thanking him 
for, the plan he has for your life. Are you here this morning? You just say by an uplifted hand, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior, but I'd like to. Or maybe you're listening on the webpage this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, which simply means, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to accept you and your plan for my life. And from this day forward, give me strength and courage to be a follower of you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And when we prayed that prayer, we prayed what Romans 10 and 9 says. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. When you say this prayer, you've got to believe what you say. Believe that God hears you. Believe that God's going to keep his word. Believe he's going to keep the promises that he has for your life. And I can tell you, life will change for you. Would you stand?